Welcome to the Free Iraqi Nation. I'm your host, Amanda. Thanks for listening. I spoke to my father about the last episode, the appeals process and innocence projects. He told me that he wanted me to stress how ineffective public defender Barnard was, as well as why the state worked so hard to get a false conviction. I am calling this episode Posers and Profiteers. First, let's revisit the poser, public defender Barnard. How a public defender behaves in the courtroom during the trial and in the post-trial motion will determine the issues that can be raised in direct appeal. When the public defender refuses to produce the evidence in rebuttal to the prosecution, what the prosecution says is accepted as the truth. When public defender Barnard failed to produce my dad's phone records in rebuttal to state's attorney Walden's phone call to Kent story, he allowed Kent's false testimony to be entered into the trial and permanently recorded as truth. You should also know that Kent had many drafts of his testimony. Kent had to practice his fictitious narrative over and over until he had memorized the details of the crimes, i.e. the armed robberies. Public defender Barnard should have presented these drafts to the court as Kent's version of events changed in each of his revisions. If Kent was telling the truth, his testimony would not have been inconsistent. Public defender Barnard did nothing to stop Kent from taking the stand and answering state's attorney Walden's questions. He did nothing to expose Kent's suborn testimony. Public defender Barnard then allowed state's attorney Walden to call detective powers to the stand in order to corroborate Kent's lie. Since public defender Barnard never produced the phone records, they never became a part of the trial record. This act made it very hard for my father to attack the perjured testimony in the appeal process. My father raised the ineffective assistance issue in his appeal, raised how Barnard never produced any evidence or witnesses in his client's defense. Federal Judge Scott Gene Scott, rather, Federal Judge Gene Scott called public defender Barnard to the stand. He said it was his trial strategy to not present evidence or call witnesses in my dad's defense. Judge Scott said Barnard's explanation sounded good. Public defender Barnard also stated he did not want to put my dad on the stand because my father agreed to this strategy even though public defender Barnard had no record to prove this statement. My dad said that he did want to take the stand. He wanted to explain that he did not and had not agreed with public defender Barnard's so-called strategy. Judge Scott said that she believed the public defender, so she did not need to hear from my father. Thus, my father's appeal was shut down as well as any hope of proving his innocence. Now let's discuss how everyone, and I mean everyone except my father, benefited from my father's false conviction. First, we have Kent Humphrey, who confessed to two armed robberies, which he did not actually commit. 
he received a sentence where the time for his Missouri crimes ran concurrent with Illinois sentences. Remember how he stole a truck, drove it across state lines, wrecked the truck, stole a service weapon, and fired it at a Missouri state trooper? That guy served seven and a half years in the Illinois Department of Corrections. So in reality, he served no time for his Missouri crimes and received a severely reduced sentence in Illinois. All of the separate convictions ran concurrent with a 15-year term limit. Pretty good benefits for numerous Class X felonies in Missouri and Illinois. Next is the hard one to swallow. My brother was home with our dad on the night of the Silver Dollar Tavern armed robbery. He was awake and knows our father did not commit this crime. He was asked to sign a handwritten police report drafted by Officer Copley. In exchange for my brother's falsified sworn statement in cooperation, his punishment was reduced from time to be spent in juvenile detention to probation and home confinement with his mother. He was released from the Adams County Youth Home as soon as he signed Copley's handwritten report. State's Attorney Walden was promoted from prosecutor to 8th Circuit Judicial Chief Judge. Judge Cashman, who tr tried my father's case, mysteriously retired. Public Defender Barnard was promoted from a lawyer drafting commercial business contracts at a law firm to Adams County State's Attorney. Detective Powers, Officer Copley, Officer Bruce Baker were all credited with having cleared a tall stack of unsolved armed robberies. The local paper, the Herald Whig, the Quincy Herald Whig rather, featured a piece saying that the unsolved armed robberies would now stop since the culprit, Harris, was now in jail. The public got its pound of flesh. Don't forget to visit our blog at FreeLarryRockyHarrisX2.com. Like us on Facebook at LarryRockyHarris1959. Email us with your questions. Email address FreeRocky at FreeRockyNation.org. Listen to the Free Rocky Nation on Spotify, iTunes, and Pandora. Buy my dad's books on Amazon. You'll find titles such as Never Ending Nightmare, Detailing My Father's Trial, 100 Filthy and Raunchy Jailhouse Jokes, 100 More Filthy and Raunchy Jailhouse Jokes, and The Prisoner's Guide to Filing a Winning Grievance. As always, connect with your loved ones, check on them, and be safe and well.